It's the After Laugh. You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the After Laugh. After Laugh. Welcome to the After Laugh. After Laugh. After Laugh. After Laugh, man. Go ahead, pull up a chair. Hey guys, welcome to the After Laugh. I'm here with, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I want to say good friend. We're not really good friends, but I like you, John. This is John Rodnitsky. Hey, we had you. a conversation right before about how he pronounces his name. Yeah, it's uh, a toughie. People always, people always fuck it up for sure. People, uh, I probably would say Rudnitsky, but it's Rudnitsky. It's Rudnitsky. I just decided to keep it, you know, make my dad happy. What is uh, what is the Rudnitsky? Is that, that like Zach Galifianakis, you know, that it just like sticks at some yeah. point that I get Benedict point. Cumberbatch. Sure. That, yeah. Cumberbatch, is, it looks like it sounds. Yeah. It's pretty, Rudnitsky people always get kind of tripped up. Yeah. I like John Krasinski, John Rudnitsky. Yeah. I want to do a movie with him. Two studs, man. I like John it. John Rudnitsky and so, John um, Krasinski and Jane Krakowski's Jack Ryan's. Now, is that name, what is Rudnitsky? Is that a, a, a Polish name? Uh, Russian. Russian. I like how you said that with like a little bit of that fucking Russian attitude, like, yo, motherfucker. Yeah, no, I, I do, um, I've no, like, uh, I've none of that. I, are you, uh, are you Jewish? I am. Ashkenazi then, right? Ashkenazi, yes. Ashkenazi. Yeah. Do you have a... <laughs> You're saying it like it's Japanese. Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi. <laughs> you are Ashkenazi Jew. Are you impressed I knew what that meant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am impressed. I am impressed. I was going to marry a Jewish woman. You were. I converted to Judaism. You did? To marry her, yeah. And are you sticking with it? And the second I converted, she dumped me. No. You got you got circumcised and everything. Well, when you're an adult and you convert, you don't get circumcised. They just take a little vial of blood from a lancet from your penis. So you're not, are, you, are you circumcised or no? Originally, yeah. If I was not originally circumcised. Then you would have to. Then I would have had to get the whole thing. Wait, and so wait, they take blood from your penis? They take blood from your penis. They put it in a vial somewhere and it's somewhere. Someone has a little pinprick of blood. I don't understand the purpose of this. I think it's just, you know, the Jewish tradition is just very rich in ritual. And yeah, so but what is this ritual of taking blood from the from the penis of a grown man? I Where are they know. keeping it? Is there a database? As a Jew, there are just so many things I'm perplexed by. <laughs> now, are you? I want to be able to eat shrimp, and I don't want a a prick near my so penis. So, how Jewish are you? Are you are you like culturally Jewish? Are you religiously Jewish? Yeah, yeah I'm I'm I'm, I'm, refor- I'm quite reformed. Yeah, no, I am uh, I'm culturally Jewish. Sure, yeah. Which is code for you're basically an atheist. No. Yeah, I would say <laughs> probably. Yeah. I mean, uh, it depends on the day. Like, I'm, you know, if I'm in like a near death situation or I just want to book an audition. Yeah, you have a big audition. I become Catholic suddenly. Or you know? tur- yeah, 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 yeah. Or turbulence on a plane. Then you yeah, become the, very. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, you know, but I, I do feel that the, the general, uh, Kind of, uh, you know, curmudgeoniness and uh, <laughs> anxiety is in me, and uh, you know, I like feeling like uh, like Larry David and I are from the same, you know, that's hilarious lineage here. Um, so you grew up in Jersey, right? Yeah, grew up in Jersey. We're in Jersey. We're in the Jersey, North Jersey, Bergen County. Uh huh. Right outside New York City. Did you ever have an accent? You definitely don't have one now. I don't. No. Well, you have that kind of like, and I don't know if this is a, a Jewish thing, but you have that gravel. That yeah. Everyone wants. Like, yeah. I want that gravel. I'll like yeah. scream in an elevator sometimes before an audition. And try to get it. Cue the cue you know, all the ambulances and yeah, horns. Yeah, we get this sometimes, and this is part of the charm of the podcast. It doesn't pick it up as much on the mic, but this will probably come through a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. That was Tommy Wakefield. Hey, just hanging by. 
Um, hey, Tommy. So, you've always had like a gravelly voice, right? Yeah, always. Yep, my mother and father both have a version of this voice. So oh, really? I, I was I was destined to sound like I just like ate cigarettes for breakfast, which is great. I feel I like- love it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever feel subconscious about it? No, but I sounded crazy as a kid. I had like a wild, like like just like the crazy. <laughs> it was just like like I sounded like Daffy Duck. Like, it was gravelly. Oh, but mommy, I'm scared. <laughs> it was like it was like wild. People, I remember like older kids. Used to come up, like, you know, in school and be like, will you just say something? <laughs> and we just want me to say something. Or people were like, do you have a cold? I would be, I remember growing up and people always asking me if I had a cold. Yeah. Just because of the way so I talk. So then when your voice changed with your puberty, then it kind of fit the gravel. But before then, it was sort of like Harvey Firestein or something. Yeah, exactly. I, I've sounded like Harvey Firestein my whole life. Tommy and White it's just very strange. Okay. Mrs. Dalfire? Sure, yeah. Great movie. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> in that. All right, so... Jersey. Were you a typical Jersey kid? I don't know what that means. Like wrestler? No, I wasn't a wrestler, but I had friends who were wrestlers. <laughs> uh, my best friend was a wrestler. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was like a small town in New Jersey. You were like a half hour from the city, uh-huh. but it felt like, you know, you might as well have been in Ohio. Yeah. Really. But I mean, you on the weekends, you know, you could go. Hey, we're Obviously. going into the city. Yeah, we're going into the city. You yeah. you're going down the city during the summer. You're going down the shore, and but it was nice because it felt like like we would ride our bikes everywhere. All the doors were left yeah. unlocked. It was like there was one store, and it was called the store, <laughs> it, literally. But uh, Jerry owned it, so we called it Jerry's, and we'd mm-hmm. we'd we'd all go there and get sandwiches, and yeah. we had a tab. We had a running tab, so like you wouldn't even pay with money. At the end of the month, the bill would get sent home, and yeah, we, I, we went to the same. I went my elementary school was also my middle school so i went to school for the same yeah 70 kids for like nine years older brother and then step siblings because my parents split and then got remarried and then so there's a bunch of step siblings in yeah the mix and it's as all, well. all good and i'm close with on them the all. family oh that's good yeah we're all good we all get along my mom and because i'm trying to find get the, along. the childhood trauma that resulted led to me to doing comedy i think it was more that i was it was oppositely i was uh overly coddled you know and told i was you know this talented, so, so special and yeah. so that like i was just a ham and and now i've like am wandering the country <laughs> trying to get strangers drunk strangers in raleigh to love me as much <laughs> as my mom does yeah. and, and well, no one will a jewish mom in particular yeah no jewish mom but yeah, no, yeah um, no exactly so so you're it's an endless like pursuit too uh other than you're a good guy, is uh, thanks, Bill. You got acting chops, man. It's Holy jokes. shit, man! You got like real. I, I always get bugged when I see comics, and I'm not going to name names, but we all know who they're good comics. And all of a sudden, because they're good comics, they they're like, here here's a big part in a movie or a big part in a TV show, and you kind of look at them going like, you don't know what you're. It doesn't bug me, but but I always like it when I when a comic has like can, real can actually jobs. act. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel. What, like- what do you have a first love with those two? I th- yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I've always wanted to act. I've always wa- that's like always been the dream is doing movies and TV. But I think I've always been in, in inherently a performer. You know, yeah. like I guess what made me realize I love acting was making my friends and family laugh. So in a way, stand up felt like a natural yeah. thing. And stand up feels like theater too. Yeah, it's it just is. a one man show. Yeah. 
that you do for 15, 20 minutes have or an ever, hour if you're Have you ever thought of doing road. a one-man show or have you done a one-man show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've, uh, I am thinking about I'm working on one really? at the moment. Well, yeah, it's, it would be a stand-up special, but it would have a, the feeling of a one-man like show. Like a Mike Birbiglia type of thing or – yeah, but more performative, you know, a lot of like what I see with like Sandler's latest special or Bo Burnham and that Got kind it. of a way where it feels like more than just stand up. It's a silly song and then it's a monologue thing and it's a character here and yeah. it's, you know, what Dana Carvey might do or something like that, you know, yeah. like an like an hour long SNL audition or something, you know, Got is it. what I would want it to uh, feel like. Speaking of which, one of the first yeah. times I saw you on TV was SNL. Yes. And you did a dirty dancing. Yeah. And that's what to, I would want to be a dick sucker. Yeah. That was fucking brilliant. Thanks, have you Phil. seen that, Tommy? Thanks, Phil. Yes. It, it was so good. It made me want to punch him in the balls. Uh, because, <laughs> Thank you. Because it was because when people do, I don't want to say mime because it's not mime, but when people, what would you describe that as? Yo, it is kind of a mime. It is a mime dance or, thing. It's yeah. When comics or actors do like a kind of mime, yeah, it, it, it generally lacks a lot of specificity. Specificity. Yes. And it was just so clean and everything you did. Because I, I was like a dancer. Like in my life, I wanted like one life, I wanted to be a dancer. So whenever I see like really, really great act outs, they're super clear and super funny. I'm always very envious. Um, yeah. And then, thank you. I appreciate it. You must got a lot of attention from that. Dirty Dancing, that that bit changed my life. Uh, what happened was I had an, an audition for Just for Laughs. At this point, I had been opening for people on the road, Santino primarily, Andrew Santino. And I had a callback for, for Mo the Montreal Comedy Festival for New Faces. And I was like four years in, you know, and three, three four years in. So I really didn't feel like I was going to get it. You know, I wasn't yeah. there yet. And I got a call back for just doing my jokes. And then in between the time of my initial audition and callback, I did a s small show at a black box theater for like eight people. I was like, I'm not going to do jokes for these eight people. But I was like, what if I just do this like little weird little dance? I'll do the dirty dancing thing with an how, imaginary. How did, did you invent it right then? Did you well, I had like done a vert. Like, I, like, I, I always – like would do this dumb bit in front of my friends where I was dancing with an imaginary somebody and then I they kill him and then I gotta take the body and then but I'm still dancing and then I gotta like and then the, I'm using her body to cook the burgers for the kids and like I don't say anything you know I actually thought like I, I didn't know how I wanted to do that I was like what if I do a talk show and instead of like Conan comes out he does the little you know puppet thing the string thing I yeah. come out and I do that every time it's like a different thing I couldn't figure it out but then I thought of dirty dancing I'm like that's that's kind of built into it she, you lift her up you drop her <laughs> <laughs> and then it like it just goes from there. And so I did Every that. Fact, and then yeah. and I remember thinking even at this tiny show, like, oh, this is something I do that no one else does. This feels unique to me. This feels like a special thing. And then I was like, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to try my whatever dumb jokes I was doing at the time. So uh, uh, cut to I, I, I'm at my callback for JFL they think I'm going to come out there and do these jokes that they had heard me do already um, and I just the time of your life starts playing I come out there and I do four minutes so of this they had no mime, idea you were do that. mime murder act and it's not like I was a mime comedian it's just, it was just me figuring out you know and to the, still figuring out what I'm doing how many times do you think big... you'd done that bit 
at this point? At that point, I was like working on it, like leading up to it, mm, but, I, but only like a couple of times yeah. in so front of an audience. Big balls that for JFL callback, you yeah. switched the script. Yeah, but that. it was, it was. And I knew that at the time, but it also was like, I I just knew that it was it was I knew it was something special. I did. Yeah. I felt it. You know, like those are moments. Yeah. Where like, oh, I need to go with this. And actually, that goes back to like me being as a kid and me performing. Mm-hmm. My first thing do I did in front of my family was like I would dance. Yeah. yeah. You know, and my family would laugh and and enjoy that. Uh, but I was always like pretty good at dancing. I would dance like a different Will Smith song every yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- y- year in the talent show. I was like obsessed with Will Smith at the time. But it just made me think, like, oh, the, the the comedy and the dancing thing. What if I can merge these two things? These are two things I'm good at. That's that's unique, you know. Yeah. Suddenly to bring those, like, remember reading Steve Martin's book, and he was like a magician for a long time, and then he like figured out that the magic and the comedy, and it's like, like that kind of moment. So I go out there and I do the dirty dancing thing. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to get new faces, but they'll remember me. Mm. And how long is this audition? Is five minutes? Yeah, you get you get five minutes, right? Yeah. And this is like a four and a half minute song. So the, the, the whole thing is just the song. Yeah. It's just this one bit, essentially. Yeah. And, uh, and I end up getting new faces. And I go to Montreal with just this dance. Yeah. <laughs> Which must be really a relief in a way, right? Oh, my God. And I remember like... I was doing the bit in Montreal, like, and I you do multiple shows there, and you know, at the time Louis C.K. was, you know, at the height of who he was, and I had to follow him, and I was oh, like, wow. and I was like, I can do that, yeah, uh, because yeah. I know that this thing is wildly different, yes, and unique, and 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 works, you know. And so you like, but if I was going up there doing jokes, I would forget about it. And maybe it you'd been... feel nervous doing jokes. You feel less nervous because you have something very specific yeah. and choreographed. And I, of course, I shouldn't say there are jokes. There are jokes within this thing. I'm just yeah, not course. speaking. But uh, yeah, but it was just this like this perfect bit that I was really proud of, and that I rode all the way to Montreal and beyond because SNL's there. They invite me to showcase. So then from oh, that, so they see you at Montreal. They see me in Montreal. They invite me to showcase in LA. I kind of and and me getting Montreal was a huge thing. It was like a first big yes for me. I was yeah. like, I, I got the call while I was uh, working a kids bar mitzvah. You know, like mm-hmm. I was. Were you in the kids bar mitzvah? I was like a hype man. You know, I would like get everyone up to do the cha cha slide. I would do that too, by the way. Yeah, you did when I was in grad yeah. school. Yeah. You, did you wear like the little sequin vest? And the bow tie? I, I, d- I didn't have a secret vest and bow tie, but uh, that's amazing. Now you took I like grandma to think number of you. one up for the electric Yeah, you get, you get grandma up there to do the horror. Sure, sure. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. So you did that. I sure did. So you got it. And my big signature thing was the I would do – I could break dance a little bit because then the dancers in the group would uh, would do their own little solos at one point towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so I you would really do, did want to be a dancer. Oh, yeah. I was a dancer. I was a go-go dancer. Right, right. And then I would. And you do, were on Broadway too. But not as a dancer. Oh, it wasn't a musical. Because I can't sing. Can you sing? Nah, I can carry a tune, but nah, I mean, no. I can't even carry a tune. No, it's I can barely carry a tune. I, I was lying. I remember when Rent was around, and I was out of graduate school, and like they were doing all the revamps of Rent, and they were like, "You gotta do Rent." And I'm like, "Man, I can't do Rent." They're like, "You look like Anthony Rapp, the guy who Kevin Spacey molested," which is kind of like, "Fuck you." I'm better look. Hopefully, anyway. Um, yeah, no, I was kidding. But uh, so they kept, and I was like, I can't I'm sing, I can't sing, I can't sing, I can't sing. And then I finally went in there for Rent, and I prepared like, not Glory. What's the big Rent song that he sings? Like with the camera, that nerdy guy. Anyway, I can't remember. He did it, and uh, 
I got a call from my agent the next day. They said, yeah, don't go out for musicals anymore. What? Yeah, because it was just so... It was so bad. And then the next time I had an audition with a song, it was for a, sh- a, a, a play about the Little Rock Nine. And they're like, hey, we want you to sing. And I go, I, I, I don't sing. They're like, what do you do for karaoke? It's all black actors, producers, directors. I go, what's karaoke song? And I just go, I don't know. I do like a Little Mermaid as a joke. Okay, do it. And the song was <laughs> Under the Sea, which is a very <laughs> racist song. What? The yeah. seaweed is always green now. And, some, and I'm doing like, <laughs> I'm basically doing like a step and fidget, like black Jamaican crab in front of like black producers and directors. So that was the last time I'll ever say. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god yes. what would i would How give <laughs> to see footage of this audition and How their reaction they let me Where's finish first of all not only am i doing a racist song but i'm a terrible singer <laughs> so nothing about that is good right in front of a black uh like caucus of and you're doing you crab hands and I'm doing- <laughs> so all of it None of it's good. none of it's good. None of it's good. But kind of amazing. So <laughs> they'll definitely remember that. You're, you're in Montreal, and, and so you follow Lucy K. Were you nervous before you? Oh well, Lucy that K? that was that wasn't at the New Faces showcase. That was just um, at a different show they okay. did there. But I just did Dirty Dancing at the, my yeah. other shows there yeah, because yeah. I was like, I you know, yeah, yeah. I was nervous, but I was excited. I was I was like jacked up because that was an incredible weekend yeah you know it was like my first big yes was getting montreal and, and then snl's do you and, know and snl's then, in the crowd or you find out afterwards um yeah no i know snl's there i know all those people are there uh and i'm nervous but like you know it's also like the shakiness isn't going to be in my voice because i'm just like have the benefit of just dancing this whole time yeah, i don't yeah, say yeah. a single word in the whole thing the um, only problem with dancing because if you're nervous, is you forget the choreography. Oh, yeah, and I was not forgetting. Yeah. I yeah. was like, that was not happening. I'm like, this is, you know. Because your choreography also has purpose, which makes it harder to forget. If it's just choreography like Janet Jackson shit, you're like, wait, what's the... Ache? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. But you have all the story you're telling. Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting punchlines. Yeah. Uh, there, are, are there are beats, there are laughs, but in the... With, built within it you know so um, so snl wants wants to showcase you in so i come LA. to i come to la yeah I, I, it's a different showcase for snl right it's not you think you can't just audition with that obviously no 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 it's i had to do impressions and characters so did you have to cook some up real quick or i cooked some up real quick that's Who'd what you i do? did i did a a former dj working at chipotle uh, i did john mayer having a stroke <laughs> i did colonel bernie sanders i did ryan gosling selling a flip phone i did oh you did a lot i did a decent i'd like a decent amount you know uh but you know, if you watch like Jimmy Fallon's, he's got like thirty-five impressions in like, yeah, the yeah. first minute somehow. You know, but uh, yeah. And then I did, I did Dirty Dancing. I said this is the worst audition for Dancing with the Stars ever, or whatever was the setup for it. And then I did. I know there's a couple I'm missing, but then I did a recap. I did a best of my audition at the end. So I said that was my audition. Let's take a look back at some of the highlights. <laughs> and then I did a slow motion to Sarah McLaughlin's I'll Remember You. Did a slow motion recap of Did like, I see you do that at Laugh Factory before? I was doing it in my sets, yeah. Okay, I might have I seen st- that before. I started doing that in my sets, yeah, where I would end my sets with, well, that was fun, uh, a lot of memories made. Let's take a look back at some of them, you know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, um, and I'll still do that in my hours sometimes, you know. What impersonations uh, have stayed with you from the SNL audition? Are there any that you still do? Not. 
could you do any of them? I mean, I always really? want people, I know people that want to like dance like a monkey, but are, are there any that you could actually do right now Not, from the uh, audition? That I still do. I mean, at the time, it was like, yeah, well, it was Bernie Sanders and it was uh, Colonel Bernie Sanders, which was like, <laughs> for a limited time, we're offering a single drumstick that is to be equally divided and distributed amongst <laughs> you and your family. You know, whatever. It's fine. It's not, you know, it's uh, now on stage. I do, you know, I, I was doing Trump for a bit, but everybody does Trump and McConaughey. Your Trump is really great. McConaughey. I got to say, though, a lot of people do Trump, but your Trump. I think it goes back to your dancing. The way you use your hands with Trump is very. It's very yeah. It's very specific and very good. Yeah, yeah. I do Trump like I talk about how he uh, he answers questions the same way I used to do uh, book reports in high school for books I never yeah. read. Yeah. You know, let's face it. Huck Finn is such a book. Okay. <laughs> and there are words and periods and more words. By the way, you know. Yeah. You have really There's a beginning good, and a middle. You have really good act outs. Like yeah. to this day, I feel like your late night set. I think you did Conan. Yeah, just to go. That was probably the most physical late night. Like your whole set, yeah. the jokes were act outs. You know what yeah. I mean? You yeah, just yeah. do the football player for like five minutes. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, that takes balls. Did to you just, have, you know? Did you were you holding the mic on that, or did you have like the little rent? Like no, no, no. It was the, just uh, uh, Yeah, it was on the, my shirt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hands free mic. Yeah, yeah. And Thanks, man. I appreciate that's it. That's a good request. I imagine. Like, hey, I need this because I need to do my act outs. Yeah. Yeah, but on the you know. I'd never do that. Just for Conan, uh, I go to a club. I'm not asking it because it's so weird to go yeah, up there. Yeah, I just I just scream. Yeah. I just like put the mic in the stand. I just yell. And that <laughs> yeah. gets people's attention. <laughs> yeah, but on yeah. my special, I think I'll do a probably hands-free situation. Do you have a special coming up? Um, no, no I'm, well, I'm working on it. You know, yeah. I, I, it's, uh, I'm, I'm kind of putting it together now. Yeah. My hour, yeah. Um, I've never you, done that before, so. But you've been doing, you've been headlining for a while now, yeah? Since SNL. Yeah, so. Uh, back to uh, back to that. So so they asked me to showcase in, in in LA, and then and then a week and then like a week and a half later, they asked me to screen test in at Thirty Rock. Okay, so, so like, you're, you're in LA. You fly. They fly you back. They they fly me out to New York to to screen test, and it's like me and fifteen other guys, whatever that day. And Did you know the people in the room? You're like, oh, I know I, you. I, I knew here. some of the people. Um, uh, Barry Rothbart. Uh, and uh, Julian McCullough. Oh, he didn't end up going to New York though. He he got asked to, but he he turned it down. And then uh, um, my buddy Will Steven was there, and he's still a writer on the show. He's been doing well. He won an Emmy, uh, so he's he's done well. But it came down to like me and him. I remember. Oh, really? For the so they will sometimes take someone and hire them as a writer, but not as a performer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. That happens quite a bit. Um, Leslie Jones, I think, was initially hired as a writer. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so I remember. Yeah, so I, I go when I, I I screen test, and at this point I'm freaking out because you know I was at that bar mitzvah like two months ago, and yeah. then I went at JFL. I'm showing you them at them now, and I remember I was opening for Julian McCullough at a casino in Minnesota, and I got a call from Lauren Michaels that I got the job. Wow, it was pretty insane. That that feeling is that a feeling when you get that feeling because I've never gotten a call like that, but when you get that call, does it does it feel like? Is it a call that invites stress, or do you feel like, man, I've landed? No, no, I, I, ecstatic. Yeah, I've landed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the, it was everything you'd want that call to feel like. Yeah, I was screaming at the top of my lungs, running around. I called my mother. I called my friends. You know, and I also, I'm you know from the East Coast. I'm from Jersey. Grew up outside New York. I'm moving back to New York. 
You had to be with your family, yeah. To be on SNL. That's amazing. It's like, wow. so I called my friends. I'm like, I'm moving to New York is the first thing I said. Yeah. And they knew what that meant, but it was like, forget about it. Yeah. You know? and what, so you were on it for how many seasons? Just one. Just one. Just the now, one. Now, which is weird to me because one of my favorite parts of that season was your Patrick Swayze thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So now, because I've, I've had a lot, by the way, there's so many comics on this podcast who've been on SNL, right? And, and a lot of them, they have a very deep love-hate relationship with SNL and with Lord Michaels because on one hand, they open up the world to them. Right. Another hand, it's, it's a very stressful environment and they also, it, it never really ends. Like when I've done shows on Broadway and stuff, they, they, they always told me it never ends when you want it to end, right? Even if it runs a year, it's still too soon or two years is too soon. So I imagine a season on SNL is still a huge, huge accomplishment. Um, but the feeling when... You weren't invited back. How did how did that play out? Was it something that you knew was coming? Well, I guess I thought that it was possible. I thought it was like a 50-50 chance in my head of me get, staying or going. And what what are the factors that make that in your head? Well, I fortunately, well, I had three things that made it on air, and they they did well. Two of them did very well i think um one of them did all right but other than that those are three shows and there's 21 episodes in yeah. a season so you have to assume that besides those three i had a lot a lot of table reads that didn't go well yeah and these are things I, that you wrote things that i wrote it's all you know it's so much on you. I was the only new cast member the year I got hired. And so it's so much of it was on, is on you to kind of write for yourself and you go around, you trying to find people to write with you, but I didn't know how I fit into the show. I mean, I threw this fucking audition together. You know, I yeah. threw you know, dirty dancing was like this thing. And then I'm trying to like kind of put all this shit together over the course of my entire life. Oh, I did that well once I can do that, you know, and it's amazing that it worked out. I mean, I did, I put together a great audition, but then I got the job and I was like, well, that's all I have. You guys do the, you guys do it. Now you help me now. Yeah. And we're like, no, they're like, no, you, that, that now the work begins. Now you need yeah. a bunch of shit. And I didn't know how I fit in. You know, I'd write something. They'd be like, yeah, but what if you just like dance the, the impression? I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to do it. So I didn't know how I fit in. They didn't know how I fit in. I think that's ultimately what happened. And I failed more than I succeeded there. And that's what it came down to is, you know, but it was all behind the scenes. It was all, thank God, because people eat shit on air. And that's to me, like. That's, I never saw you I'm, eat shit on air for sure. No, I'm so happy that never happened. Um, everything that I did that I was proud of that made it, you know, great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and there's and there's people, you know, they 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 give you a chance, you know, that your first year's tough, and they. So I thought maybe I'll come back and maybe they'll work harder for me, and this is like my pledging season or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think ultimately they were like, well. Yeah, you know, because two of the sketches I I I, I wrote that went on, I, I wrote with Mikey Day, and Mikey ended up being a cast member. I think I would have uh, been had a tough time if I stayed. I, yeah. I would have had an even tougher time, and I think they probably knew that. So so even, but now I'm like, when I did my Conan set recently, I'm like, oh, now I'm starting to find my comedy voice a little bit more. Right. I'm like, oh, if I, if I was on SNL now, how would it be? And yeah. I, I wonder that all the time. What's you know? great is that you can always kind of come back next time you've got a film that you want to plug and you, I mean, isn't that the dream now to come back as a host? Oh, like, of hey, course. Motherfuckers. Of course. Yes. That's a big one. I feel like a lot of people come back on, on SNL like, yeah, I auditioned, I didn't get on and now I'm fucking hosting. 
yeah, that's Jim They yeah. always say it in the monologue too. Yeah, Chris Rock. <laughs> oh yeah, and or you know Adam Sandler just sang about getting fired on there. That's right. I that's think right. like that's that would be very cool. So obviously the the uh, denouement after SNL was not very long because things started blowing up for you pretty quickly after that. How, how did what was the next? Uh, Next so I did day. a home again with uh, Reese Witherspoon, which, which is huge. I mean, it's just, first of all, to, to get a I don't think people realize to get a studio feature when yeah. you're not necessarily known or a household name. or you're no. like in the mix with that was um, crazy. Is a yeah. How did that come about? That was I just had an audition. I remember I when I got the call that I got fired from SNL, I was like pretty devastated sure. and I picked up and moved back to L.A. I wanted to stay in New York, but I also didn't because it felt like a bad breakup. Like, I don't want to yeah. stay in this. I'm here because of the job. And yeah. I know how to be unemployed in L.A. Yeah. a little better than I know how to do it in New York. <laughs> and I came back and I was like, fuck, am I going to what version of this is, is it going to be? You know, what version of the the, the one and done guy am I going to be? Yeah. And then I, I, I mean, it, I, I say like I landed on a bed of marshmallows or something because it like it did it, it happened almost immediately. I, I, I left in September. I uh, moved down to New York in September and I got the job in October. Wow. Yeah. So it happened pretty immediately. Um, and so I auditioned for Nancy Myers and her, her was daughter. a legendary director. Legendary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something's got to give and the parent trap, what yeah. women want. Yeah. On and on, it's complicated. So she's amazing, and so I'm auditioning for her and her daughter who wrote the movie. And oh wow, yeah, yeah. Was that process just like you got you got? Did they know your work already? Did they know? They love Dirty Dancing. I mean, here this thing is like I I mean this this bit. I mean, she Nancy had me do it in the room, so (laughs) it got me all the way to Weekend Update. I'm doing it on Weekend Update, and then uh, I'm like, well, I guess I wrote that as long as I could, and then it got me the movie right after. So in a way. So how did that? I, I want to know how that works. So you go into this room. It's it, Nancy Myers and the daughter and other people. I'm assuming they're producers. And- no, it's just her and the cast and the casting director. It's cast the two director. of them and the casting director. And you go in there and you you do you read the lines with them, and then she goes, you know what? Can I see you do the dirty? Yeah, yeah. She's like, I love that dirty dancing thing. You, you, had, no, you just do it for. Do it. Would you mind doing it? I'm like, of course, I will fucking do it for you. <laughs> Did it you crush the in the room there? Yeah, and it went well in the room. <laughs> what about the music? How I you... got it on my phone. You got your phone. That's so So I just, awesome. yeah, I did that. And uh, again, then I got that job, and, and Reese was amazing, and I got to spend, you know, six weeks shooting this thing in L.A., and it was awesome. It was awesome yeah. being on a set and having the trailer and hanging with Reese and Nancy and... Yeah, and Hallie and shooting the thing. It was, it was and fantastic. You didn't play her son. You played like no. Risa is like she's going through a midlife crisis, and three young guys move into her guest house. And uh, do you bang her in the movie? No, 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 no. My uh, her my buddy uh, Pico, uh, he's the one that he, that becomes the love interest. I end up helping her daughter. Um, you know, like uh, with her play, with her school play and stuff. So it's like a cute little side story. But I'm also in love with Reese a little bit too, and that's yeah. part of it. Yeah, I think I, I met you when you were filming that, and I was like, "What's it like?" And you're like, "I get why everyone's in love with her. She's yeah. so amazing." Oh yeah. Um, I also it's so funny. I've talked about this with a few people, and you're definitely one of the people. Like w- when I met you, I mean, I guess you were like 21 or two when I first. Yeah, met 22. You. And you were like a dude. You were like you know a guy, like good looking guy, but like. <laughs> uh, but then you see people get fit. You see people get fit when all of a sudden they become more famous. And all of a sudden, you sh- and you're like, you're shredded now. I'm like, that's what happens when you start making it. You can always tell, like, Santina was, you know, I would see Santina around. He was kind of balding. He was a little bit chubby. 
And all of a sudden he showed up one day like completely ripped, shredded, like, looks frothy great. hair. I'm like, you got a TV show, didn't you, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, you can tell. You can you tell. Can tell because, for sure. Yeah, I look better than I did when I was 25. Yeah, because all of a sudden there's there's a, a responsibility to your shareholders. Yeah, sure. And it is like a and I can eat healthier and oh, you better cuz yeah, yeah, you can afford to eat a little better than <sighs> Yeah, so after home alone, uh, home alone, home again. Home again. Home alone, home, home again. again. I've always heard the phrase TV makes you rich, film makes you famous. So was there a big jump yeah. after doing home again? Uh yeah, I w- I wish that, that I feel like that I don't know if that that is true and is is holds true now i mean it definitely afforded me opportunities you know from that yeah i did some some work on tv and i got a pilot that didn't end up going when i did uh a mindy kaling show and uh an ed Ed burns movie and then an ed uh, burns movie what movie it's called summertime it actually hasn't come out yet but it was an indie that we that we shot he's the man he's the coolest guy burns is the fucking tits man you kidding me the tits i can't even uh having going you know being in in uh in new york in like the late 90s and shit when after brothers mcmullen and all of his films oh my god all you wanted to do was get in an independent film with ed burns yeah yep yep and yeah we shot it in long island in the summertime it was and it takes place in like 1986 it was very i was i'm in like a puka shell necklace and short shorts all the time but eddie and i have stayed close he's the coolest guy in the whole world yeah Uh, i stand by that um and then i just did a catch 22 uh i shot catch 22 last summer uh for hulu uh with george clooney now uh yeah that's out now yeah i was not going to watch it but i'm going to watch it all right check it out check it out yeah yeah dude that's That's awesome good stuff so is there any stuff that uh clooney and ed burns you know pretty cool guys to be hanging around yeah yeah man unbelievable shit do you got clooney on speed dial too no i actually joked about that on conan i talked about that i was like (laughs) i I spent three months with uh clooney uh i thought we were going to be best friends um and we got along just fine, but I don't have a way of contacting him now. <laughs> yeah. You have to go info not, not, at not, George Clooney. Not even an email. Yeah, that's why I said I said George Clooney at Hotmail or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I got along. I definitely got along with him. Eddie, I stay close with, but George is, um, yeah, I guess I'm not just I'm a different stratosphere. I'm very about the Eddie thing. I will, let me just do a quick solipsistic turn and make it back to me. Eddie Burns saw a play I did on Broadway Yeah. called Lombardi, and he ended up, he had a, a show I'm an asshole. He had a show on TNT. Yeah. It was a series called... Uh, uh, Public Morals. Public Morals. Yeah. So uh, I auditioned for it, and apparently my friend who got cast in it said, look, Eddie's interested in casting for this role. He asked me about you. He wanted to know like what your story is, if you're a good dude, because he likes to work with people that he thinks are good people, yeah. too, apparently. Oh, yeah. He and, can, it's a very positive and, set. Uh, so I was waiting for that, and then they hired that, that, like, that albino-looking guy. With the blue eyes. What's his name? He's even more albino than me. Anyway, uh, but everyone loves him. He's one of those guys. And his girl, he's married to Christy Turlington. Yep. Just a charmed life. Was she around? Was she around on the set? Uh, no, but I was just at their house uh, in the Hamptons for, Whoa. for for dinner. So I got to tell you that that they figured it out. They figured it out. They sure did. They broke the Matrix. They sure did. They got did. kids and shit. Yeah, the kids are cool. Kids are cool. Everybody's good looking and cool and happy. 
Oh, fucking Eddie Burns. Just man. get to his house. It's like a vintage, cool vintage cars in the driveway, and freaking you know wiffle ball bats on the front lawn. Like these kids are living a good life. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's just like he's a really cool down to earth guy. When we were shooting the movie, like little kids from the neighborhood would be like Eddie. Yeah, yeah. Like, tell you, tell you, Dan, I shut him off. You know, he like, shot in where Long Island? Yeah, Long Island, Atlantic yeah. Beach. I remember when he was first doing his movies, one of the things that people talk about was that the craft service was like his mom and then his brother. Oh, would yeah. These like guys, everybody. Uh, yeah, everybody. Everybody's a buddy. And he's a, you know, a local legend. And uh, so so now York icon. The, the TV and film stuff has taken off. Uh, if you were at a place, this is like a weird hypothetical, but I always get asked if you had to give up one, like if someone said, hey, you can't do stand up or you can't act and you had to make a gun to the head decision about that. Between those two. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's really tough. Um, in you this for a year, just to give up for a year. In this hypothetical, am I like for sure acting a bunch? Like I'm, 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 I'm guaranteed to be like on film sets. Yeah. That year. Yeah. And but I can't do any stand up. <laughs> yeah. I'd be okay with that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you know. I love doing stand up. I would love hate with it, but I mean, for the most part, like I love that I, ha- I have this thing that I have full control over that I can create. Yeah. And I look, I hate being at the Hampton Inn in Raleigh as much as I love it. You know, it's like this. It's like it can feel so kind of sad, but also romantic and yeah. amazing. And that you're like in these random places and you're making people laugh. And there's those nights, you know, and then the, the thrill of live performing. Um but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think acting is the ultimate dream, but I like to do them in tandem. Yeah, but of course. I guess if I, if I had to pick, I came out here to, to yeah, act and do course. that. Yeah. And if, and if, um, if you have like a five-year plan or a 10-year plan, yeah. is there something that you look – do you look at yourself as someone who is more of a performer or creator? Like do you have stuff that you want to say in terms of scripts or screenplays or content or do you go, man, I'm a gun for hire? I know that with like Key and Peele apparently, uh, uh, Jordan Peele was always like – I have an idea about what, and, and Key was always like, I'm a gun for hire. So whatever the fuck I'll do, whatever the fuck it is, you know? Right, yeah. So where do you fall on that spectrum? Um, well, I definitely like to create uh, m- uh, my own stuff, but uh, I think generally I, I like being the idea of being a gun for hire. I like, yeah. I mean, I think it's easier, right? Yeah. It's, it, it's, it, 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 sounds, it sounds nice. You know, there are people I think – I think I'm still like fleshing out my voice and 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 that stuff. So to get, yeah, uh, hit up by somebody who hired by somebody who knows what they're doing and that's their thing, then I'm like so happy to yeah. just like pop on over. You know, when to get hired by an Ed Burns or something, where I'm like, well, I'm in their hands. I, I'm working with that person now. And yeah, that's so great. And I feel safe in their arms and doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know when I first came to LA, everyone said, have a pitch. Have a pitch ready so when people see you and they go, what do you got to pitch for me? You have something other than, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Is that something people ever told you? Do you have like a pitch lined up? I like, wish, I, you know, I, I don't. I should. I should because I definitely have like ideas and things that I'm always like constantly like working on or thinking about. But I wish somebody gave me that advice actually. That's a good one. Because people will rant. I mean, yeah. at the Laugh Factory. You have yours ready to go, I bet. Uh my my first pitch I ever had uh, when I was first out here, 2005, 2000, 2005, 2006, uh, I got approached by – check this out. This is how long ago this is. AOL, AOL or, or Yahoo. Okay. They were like, we're doing content. What's your pitch? And in 2005, 
This is my first year in. Jamie Masada, the owner here, was like, buddy, you're too stiff. You got to like, you got to be, you got to do character, make yourself. So I did a Russian character. I went on stage going, hello, my name is uh, Yorge. I'm from Moldova, which is like white trash of Russia. People say, you're gay, you're white trash, you probably sleep with sister. I say, fuck you, we're in love. <laughs> and that was like an opening joke. And I would do this, but I would do the whole set as this, as this Russian guy, yeah, yeah. this poor, depressed Russian who is here illegally. So they wanted a meeting with me, and I pitched the show. And I basically pitched fucking Borat before Borat. I basically yeah. said, okay, he's a Russian here, he's illegally, he's traveling around, he's does, doing comedy, and... He has a wife who's trying to find him. And after the show, the audience, they don't know that I'm actually an actor. They think yeah. I'm really in Russia. And like yeah. I get chased by INS and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, that's so stupid. The guy literally is like, that'll never work. He told me that in the room. Wow. And where do you go from there? Yeah, so that was my first pitch bet idea. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and where do you go from there in the meeting like that where they're like, nope. <laughs> Because I've been in a meeting like that. Yeah, I did. I remember pitching something to somebody at Comedy Central, and it was like, well, I, had, I had an idea for like a, a comedy version of Black Mirror, you know? And in the room, he's, a, he's like, well, just so you know, uh, we're hearing a lot of pitches for, we're not looking for like a comedy version of Black Mirror right now. It was like on the nose of exactly what he didn't <laughs> want to hear. And we're like, well, we need to be frank with you. That's where we were coming into pitch. And he's uh, like, all right. He's so like, well, funny. let's talk. So let's find something else. He was really nice about it. But oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my other pitch, and then I had a, uh, then my other pitch was about, you know, I have a daughter from a one night stand and the pitch is called, um, I met my daughter on Facebook and that one, you know, and I don't know if you've ever gone through the pitch yeah ladder but you do the, the do the meeting and then you wait and then you have another meeting and then like you wait it's a very like emasculating process i find and maybe because i'm not yeah. good at it yet i don't know the pitch process oh. yeah um yeah no i it's it's it can be tough it can be tough it took me a while to like get the hang of, of pitching a show and now you feel like you you feel like you got it yeah i think i think i've gotten better at it definitely what um, is the tip what, what tips would you say there are for like pitching god um, well, I go in with my writing partner and we just like banter and we've both gotten better at stand up over the years. I think doing stand up really helps. Yeah. Yeah. Pitching in the role. So you guys have like a banter going back and yeah, forth. We know, yeah. We know what jokes are going to hit, but we know how to make them sound kind of organic. And, uh, I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. whereas we used to have like bits that were like, oh boy, is this rough? Like you can tell yeah. that we're doing a shtick, yeah, you know, yeah. and I think it's gotten better. I remember the first time we went into pitch. Like the chair just it was broken and it just started just started lowering <laughs> as we were bombing. Like my chair just started going down until my chin hit the table. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's tough. It's all tough. I mean every audition I go into, every pitch I go into, every show I go and do, I'm still always nervous. Mm -hmm. It's always different because it's always different. Mm -hmm. You never know how it's gonna go. Yeah, and I want it bad yeah so like the more i want it the more nervous i am yeah the more worried i am now as an actor do you have a a dream in terms of uh what what that what, what does it look like to you to have fully is it an ed burns type of scenario i think it's like a steve carell type of scenario like late night talk show host um, no, more like Steve Carell because what I see with him is oh, like Steve Carell. I just fucking said the wrong Steve thing. Colbert, Steve Colbert, yes. yeah, yeah, Carell because it. it was like uh, or Jonah Hill or something. These guys who like do get to work with like Apatow and do all these comedies, you know, yeah. great comedies. 
And then they, and then he goes and does Foxcatcher. Jonah Hill goes off yeah. to make so direct mid nineties. Like really dark. Shit I'd love too. to do like cool comedy, and then yeah, and then go off and do like really serious, interesting, and work with cool directors. You know, yeah, yeah, and yeah, work yeah. With, yeah. I'd love to have that kind of. Well, that it sounds kind like of you got that, man. It's all happened for you. I hope so. I think I definitely have gotten to do some cool stuff. But I remember last year I said, you know, if I get this Catch-22 job, if I get to spend the, it- it- the summer in Italy with Clooney, like I'll never want for anything ever again. Now I'm like, no, nah, fuck, I shouldn't, shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have said that yet. Now I need the hit. Now I need it. <laughs> well, you Not got anymore. my podcast, bro. You know what I mean? I'm up and up. <laughs> up and up. We did it. Um. Dude, I'm so glad you came by. I'm so glad I came by. You're Thank such you. You're such a great comic, such a great. I, I also, I also, uh, I want to give a shout out to your, your Tom Cruise bit, also one of my favorite bits. Thank you. I'm fleshing that out. So that's still evolving. Oh, that's still evolving. That's evolving. It's such. A, have you heard that bit, Tommy? No, I haven't. I haven't Even heard the that initial one. joke of the bit, and I'm going to mutilate it. It's basically like, um, I think it's like 10 years ago, Tom Cruise decided to stop acting. Yeah. I mean, he's still doing movies. But he's not acting. He's, he's just, done with the acting part. He's, he's just, just fucking running, running <laughs> from set to set, shedding yeah, leather jackets Do along the way. Do you think you way. have a whole hour of just kind of act outs like that? That's what I'm really working on. I think that would be fucking tits as fuck. I think that's, yeah, that's the what move, I'm man, because th- no one else would do that that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm really that's what i'm that's what i'm working on right now and i i think it's uh i think six months six months to a year yeah yeah yeah. it'll be ready to go we'll do it on netflix or something we'll get it we'll make it happen i'm i'm, I'm determined yeah and i want it to be a friggin show like i i just saw martin short steve martin at the hollywood bowl and it's like my fifth time Wait, you saw who at the hollywood bowl martin short and oh, steve martin really yeah. So Steve Martin's back performing. They perform together. They do a tour together. They, they it's on Netflix their show that they oh. did together. And what is the nature of the show? I don't know. It's just like they do they they do a whole thing. They do a whole hour of like or you know, two hours. They do like two hours and they banter a bit. They Martin Short does a little song. Steve Martin plays the banjo for a bit. They do, they interview each other. They, it's and they go through pick old old childhood photos of themselves. Yeah, the show starts with a bunch of like highlight reel of their best stuff. So incredible! But my main takeaway was, and I think this every time I see Martin Short, the guy's in like his seventies, you know. Yeah, and he is, you know, in a like a, a naked onesie, like a skin tone onesie, dancing around, like hitting his crotch. He's jumping on the the piano. He's all over the place. He's sweating, you know. He gives it everything, and I'm like. That's what I want my hour to be. I have no excuse to like, yeah, just like you know, fuck around with any, with any with any yeah. with any stage time, you know. Yeah. Um. So I think like you, I'm trying to use my stage time now to like really put on like a show, even if I got 10, 15 minutes at the Laugh Factory, like really utilizing that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. To man. Try and build towards that. So I'm glad you said that because that means I'm on the right track. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm such a I'm a sounds so stupid to say, but like. I'm a real snob about uh, act outs and physical comedy because I feel like I feel like I do it and I know it and I and I was a dancer. So I kind of when I see people who are like when I see actors who all of a sudden when I was coming up, a lot of actors want to be John Malkovich, who was like a very physical actor when he was doing theater. And they were like just doing like and I was like, you're not a real you don't really live in your body the way he does. And you're putting it on to like. And it doesn't work. So you can it see that. Work. You can see Having it. that dance background gives you a whole different perspective on movement, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's why if I were to like, you know, but that's 
when I'm starting out in comedy and I'm trying one-liners and I'm like this, you know, because this that's what comedians me. do. Or yeah. I'm supposed to be like this, on leaning against the thing, <laughs> you know, because that's what comedians do. So it took me like years to figure out, like, you know, once I did that dance, you know, it changed things for me. I'm still still figuring it out to this day. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was a change in my mind of like, oh, this is what I do. This is yeah. how I perform. This is. Yeah. It's great. And the great thing about that too is if someone said, I want to steal. John Ranitsky's Tom Cruise bit, they wouldn't be able to do it. Right. Which is yeah. the coolest part. That is cool. That's right. All right, man. Dude. I, unless you're John Malkovich. Unless you're John yeah, Malkovich. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me on, Bill. Yeah, dude. You're great, dude. So I'm so glad you came. And uh, and thanks for some Afterlife. Anything you want to plug? Coming up, Catch 22s on Hulu right Catch now. Catch 22s on Hulu. Check out the Conan set on YouTube. And uh, I'm going to be in Kansas City this weekend. Okay, well then we'll have to like put them out soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put them out tonight. Oh yeah, put well. Put them out tonight. Yeah, let's put them out there'll tonight. Be a, there'll be other shows. There'll be other shows. Uh, awesome, check man. out my Instagram. For... All right, man. Have a good night. Uh, thank you. Thanks for coming. It's the after left, after left. Welcome to the after left, after left, after left, after left, man. <laughs> Go ahead and pull up a chair.